Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 7th of October 2011. For newcomers, I suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the hundreds of audios there for free download and hopefully you'll get an understanding of this system you've been born into, a system that really gives you a different impression of itself through your indoctrination to hide itself really so you never really catch on to, to what it is or it's even, in fact it's even there and how it operates because we're, we're living in a matrix, it's truly a matrix with many, many rooms, many levels, many floors, uh, with uh, a very small elite at the top, of course, running the world. Uh, and they use think tanks, uh, just like they use at universities, their own universities, you might say, their private universities, to plan the world order. Uh, from one generation to the next because, you see, the same boys make sure that their offspring will always be in the same positions that they are, controlling finances, money, economy, and politics, all the things that come under money, which is everything. Armies, a lot, all comes under money. Money is at the top of this pinnacle here of this system. And it's corrupt, of course, from our point of view at the bottom. From their point of view at the top, it's, it's nothing wrong with it. After all, it's theirs, and there can't be anything wrong with their system. So that's really where we are today with this uh, system. Uh, we're going into crisis after crisis, of course, designed that way too, to bring chaos across the whole planet, to consolidate into their new world order, their economic order. And I've given you quite a few links in the last week or so of the big organizations, foundations, World Bank, uh, Bank for International Settlements that were set up, and the IMF to actually bring in this phase. This is, the t- this is their time. This is their time now to rise, to become what they were designed to become in the first place a long time ago. They're taking a proper position as masters of the world, basically. So help yourself to the audios. And as I say, to remember, you, you are the audience that bring me to you, so you can support me by buying books and discs that I have at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I'm not a business, so I don't really flog lots of stuff. And uh, what I do sell at all is meant to help you on your way to understanding this uh, very complex and devious, incredibly devious system of conology. That's how it's all done, conology, the conas from birth right through our lives to death from most folk. So buy the books and discs from the U.S. to Canada. You can order using personal check or an international postal money order from your post office, which is about the same price as the normal postal order. And you can also send cash or you can uh, use PayPal to order. Use the donation button on the com site, follow it with an email, name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. It's all explained on the com site. Remember, too, all those sites listed there, uh, the official sites have transcripts for download and print up if you want them as well. And if you can go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages. Across the world, remember, you can order too using Western Union MoneyGram, and you can also use PayPal. It's up to you. But as I said before, we're going through a, a time of crisis. It's a planned crisis. This is the time for crisis, you see. And uh, 
it's been in the works for an awful long time. Uh, this is how they shake up the order into the next system. And we're going into communitarian phases across the world where suddenly these non-governmental organizations are getting lots of media attention and coverage uh, to get you all involved in your little community. Good little Soviets all. And you've got ready-made NGO leaders to guide you along how to do it. Just happen to be there all over the place, ready trained as facilitators to, to to talk you and to reason, to reason to be austere and to share every that your rags with each other, you know, in leftover food as we all go down into austerity. Because, you see, we've been used for so long by the big banking boys who've never, ever had a nation of their own. They're international. Uh, they can move from here to China tomorrow. Some already have. So we'll go into some of that tonight and many other topics back after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about it's time for change. This is change we're going through. That's why Obama was prattling on about change. He just didn't tell you what it all meant at the time, of course, because we're always hoping. They don't know if they finish their sentences. We hope it's going to be better. That's why you vote people in, of course, and that's why they always promise you things. And Obama's the only guy that's ever kept the promise. He's given you lots of change, you know, bankruptcies and more wars than ever before and stuff like that, you know. So anyway, uh, that's what we go on. We, they leave up to our own imagination to fill in the, 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 the blank bits, you know, when you change. And so we have a world society. It's already here. It's all they claim at the top. They've been working at it for years and years and years uh, through free trade agreements and through eventually, like Europe, amalgamation of nations into one mass big Soviet Union. And that's what it is there. You know, it's secret at the top. They won't tell you how it really works. They have politicians uh, that represent the, the old states, as they call them, the old states. Uh, or nations which attend, but they have no powers to change laws or even put laws forward. It's all done by a secret bunch at the top. And they put up with this rubbish. In the 21st century, they actually put, people put up with that because they're so incredibly entertained or else they're shell-shocked with entertainment and, and the, the real circumstances of their life as they go into poverty and riots and all the stuff that they knew they'd bring in at this phase 30 years ago. I mean, that's how long they've been preparing for mass riots, 30 years. They knew the time would come because there's going to be a big transition phase as we unload all our cash, what's left of our earnings across the world. They call it redistributing the wealth. That's what Marx called it too. Strange that bankers who run this whole system are all on the side of Marx. They like Marx and, and they like, they like the, the, the socialist policies. Socialism is great. Big government to, with big sticks and lots of heavies they call police and so on and regulators to bash you on the head if you don't comply. That's why they like it, you see. And they like socialism because socialism is always getting, getting countries into debt. And bankers love that. That gives them total power over the countries. Because with the debt payments comes lots of terms that you must comply with. In other words, the bankers run your lives. That's how you get power. Not through getting the armies. It's the guys who pay the armies, that own the armies, and they pay the nations. They dish out the cash. It's always been that way. But they, as I say, they've mentioned before a long time ago, they would bring on this phase of change or transition, as I like to call it now. 
as we all go into our little factions. Now, the NAFTA and the, the, the whole of the Americas was, uh, is well underway to amalgamation with Brazil and a whole bunch of other Latin American countries on board now with free trade. The only thing that's stopping it right now is a little bit of show they've got at Canadian borders because on the U.S. side to, to pretend to the U.S. citizens that are still actually a country. Uh, and that's, all, that's really it's all it's for. But by 2010, they hope to have that all amalgamated, and they have actually amalgamated a lot of the laws of Canada with the states already, where uh, people can cross the borders and work on the other side if they belong to government bureaucracies. And they can actually work in the federal government, on, on both federal governments, and just ask for positions of equivalency in either country. So they're, they're already moving back and forth on the top level. And all information on citizens in one country is made available to the intelligence services on the other country as well. So they have everyone's data, incomes, everything. Uh, shared amongst them, and lots of the laws have been uh, streamlined and amalgamated to do with imports and so on. So we're well on our way, and uh, not as far as Europe yet, at least not on the surface, but it's coming very, very quickly. So, and again, you have this far East Pacific region where China has to be the dominant uh, player in the region. That was set up, believe it or not, before the 1930s, that that would be the case from the Council on Foreign Relations' own uh, annual meeting. Anyway, we're living through a long-term script, and uh, for most folk, it's chaotic. They can't understand it. They think they live in the now because the media makes them think that way, and media will never tell them how they got to the now and who planned the now uh, that they're all going through. Uh, that's not their job. Their job is to keep you living in confusion and anger and emotions. If you're doing, using emotions and anger, you're not really seeing and thinking critically about what's happening and who made this happen and how is it happening and what's, where are they going with it? And we see too the, the outburst with the Wall Street uh, protests because this is another October revolution, just a coincidence, of course. But all the, the big NGOs have been around since the hip, hippie days are all out in force too. And a lot of real people, genuine people too, who are so sick of getting screwed by the big men who laugh up their sleeves as they plunder countries. Uh, it's not just one country, they plunder whole bunches of countries at once. The same group of these gnomes who give themselves millions of dollars pay raise right after we bail them out from thieving from us. Uh, and we can't go on with a system like that, obviously. And, and yet we're told what they're going to. I mean, that's what the, your governments rewarded them for plundering you. They rewarded them. They didn't come out and hang them. I mean, do you understand how many folk have died because they lost homes? I mean, you know, the suicide rate across some of these countries are, are skyrocketing. But they do it with a smiley face. They, they kill you with a smiley face. And they wear a $10,000 suit, so they must be okay. No, no, these guys literally um, have had no punishment whatsoever for the chaos, mayhem, and, and hell that puts thousands and thousands of people through. And the governments that you elect in, and you want to keep the same systems of government, are there to protect those same gangsters. That's disgusting. Disgusting. Well, I've always said that people get what they deserve. Because they'll fall for the next guy who says, I promise, vote for me. Sorry, I promise. And they'll fall for it again. You cannot bring a cancer into a healthy body. Understand? So if you want a new system that's supposed to be really the system you're supposed to have had all along, don't bring the cancer along with it. It infects it right away so easily. 
But it's amazing to me that people do bother to vote after being ripped off and plundered so many times. Twice a, a century is generally what the banks do. Uh, they, they, they plunder you, the priorates, and, um, and government rewards them and makes sure that they're okay and gives them more fancy titles and more access and, and more memberships and more clubs, etc. at the top. Uh, and that's all they are as gangsters. Gangsters dealing with uh, uh, nothing, really. Money is really nothing, the way it is done. It's just a, it's a crooked system, an absolutely crooked system from the, the outset. But as I say, they don't get punished whatsoever for, for the hell they cause. And you'll find if you went to the same big bankers, especially the ones like Chase, etc., and, and you go into the uh, Goldman Sachs, they own a good most of the military-industrial complex. They're, they are the owners of them. And think of the slaughtering they've done across the world. So bankers are responsible for chaos all over the places they plunder other countries' resources. That's what it's all about. For themselves, so they don't have to pay any middlemen like Gaddafi or anybody else. No, they get it for themselves now for free. It's just astonishing. We can watch this go on, and people want to keep this system in place. And as I say, people get what they deserve. They really do. They really do. And amongst the corruption, too, I've got an article here about the farm subsidies. It's a racket in Europe because it was set up to be a racket to to anyone with a little bit of land, you know, a lord or whoever it happens to be, or some guy with who has his own pheasant shooting range where they can, you know, they get beaters to, this is the peasants, in other words, they beat the pheasants that are hand-grown, hand-reared towards them, sit in holes, drink brandy, wearing their plus fours. And uh, then they, when these things are driven to fly, the little bit that they can fly above their heads, they stick their guns up and shoot them, and they call that sport, you see. Uh, anyway, they're getting massive amounts of taxpayers' money again. You see, the whole system is meant to reward those at the top with your cash. The Queen Elizabeth II's farm subsidies is through this EU loophole, they call it. Loopholes are always put in there for the rich, understand. It says it shows all the subsidy payments uh, I can identify that have been made to the royal farms, all these royal farms owned by the Queen, Windsor, Sandringham Farm and Balmoral Estate, all of which are owned by Queen Elizabeth II. That's not including Charles and all the rest of them who have their own peasant farmers. It says, does the Queen own any other farms? Have all the Queen's farm subsidies been identified? There's actually more. But this guy here is going through them. And under the trustees of Balmoral Estate, uh, she gets 865 euros a year. The Sandringham Estate, 3,757 euros per year. The Sandringham Farms, 6,129 euros per year. This is all taxpayers' money that they're given to her for having these places, even though she's a lot more farmed. And the, the combined Sandringham Farms is another one, 787,146 euros per year. And I think one of them, one of her farms, I think it's the Windsor one, she's got about a quarter of a million for that one uh, per year. Uh, and it's a whole list here, it's about 20 of them or, or more here. And she got a, a totally, per year, she gets 8,172,217 euros of the taxpayers' money for being stinking rich in the first place. That's what she gets. And this, is, this came through the EU Transparency group, a non-profit organization that's chasing up to find out why 
they're, they're so hard up for cash, they're raking so much money in from taxpayers all over Europe. Where's it all going? Well, it's to people like these, you see. That's where it's all going. And it says here, the EU loophole allows city farmers who are not farmers to reap millions in subsidy harvests. Uh, city dwellers are making huge profits out of an EU loophole that allows people who have never set foot on a farm to claim European farm subsidies. The loophole allows investors to become classified officially as farmers and then buy the right to receive annual EU subsidies to cut agricultural production. There was paid not to farm on, a, on something you don't even own as a farm. <laughs> because the subsidies are decoupled from the land they, they relate to, investors do not need to actually to own the ground they're claiming for or even go anywhere near it. You understand these loopholes are meant for the very wealthy. They never tell the ordinary public, you know, about these things. The profits to be made are enormous, with investors potentially increasing their capital nearly fivefold in five years. Everybody's in it, and I'll, I'll go through some of this when I come back after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and showing you how everything is a con game that's set up on governments. Governments are cons to start with. Remember, government is only an idea. It's only an idea that everyone agrees to eventually subconsciously because it exists already when you're born. And But it's only an idea. It's an abstract thing. And just the same way, you can, you can stop thinking about it being a real thing if you want to. Maybe you'll have a hard time because they won't like that, but you can. You actually do that. It's only an idea. It's all theory that you must be governed. Anyway, it's like money, two same coins and banks and all the rest of it. Same thing. Anyway, it's this article here about the EU loophole that allows city farmers who are not farmers to reach to reap millions in taxpayers' subsidy harvest, it says. Says auctioneers and brokers who used to sell cattle and farmland are now focusing their attention on selling the rights to receive European taxpayers' money, known as entitlement trading, in what one describes as a ferocious market with rights to subsidise flying or subsidies flying off the shelf. Demand is outstripping supply by five to one because the profits from investing in subsidies are up to ten times higher than putting the money in the bank. It's all from the taxpayer. After making a one-off payment, investors are entitled to receive from the taxpayer every year a cheque that typically amounts to a third of the original investment. Open auctions are being held, with one in Aberdeen due next Friday, while investors are also buying the rights to subsidies over the telephone through brokers, through internet auction sites and interactive trading. The Economic Union pays £60 billion a year in farm subsidies. You see, government's not supposed to be involved in any of this stuff at all. To strip to the bone, strip it to the bone. It's not going to get any peace. Anyway, which were originally aimed at boosting production, but last year farmers were given free the automatic right to subsidies known as a single farm payment entitlement in return for reducing production. For reducing production, that's so they can keep prices up of food and everything for the big boys who own the food industry. Not the guys who grow stuff, but the guys who, the middlemen, the guys who turn it into something else, you know. They were also given the right to trade the subsidy entitlements between themselves, just like you know carbon credits. But the legislation is so loose that in practice anyone can officially qualify as a farmer. British farmers claim around five billion pounds a year for subsidies in return, for which they are meant to make environmental improvements to the land. 
However, men are using their new right to sell the subsidies in order to raise a lump sum when they retire or to pay for new equipment. And then he goes through the incredible amounts that they're, they're, they're raking in here. It's just fantastic per, per, per acre, per hectare, and all the rest of it. And uh, it's better than investing in anything else because governments are handing out these massive, massive grants of taxpayers' money not to farm. On land you don't have to own. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? You understand, it's no different than when you heard about the, the big bank crash and then, then for the first time the public got an eye into the, the chronology at the top of banking. That's, you think the bottom is awfully straightforward, you know, but it's not. They've got hedge funds and then they've got all these different funds and there's even funds on betting on companies failing and all this kind of stuff and so convoluted. It's all a, it's a psychopath's dream really because it's psychopaths that run it all. That's how they think. They see the, the, they see all the angles that you don't. They don't think in a straightforward linear thinking pattern as you do. They see around things and over things and under things and that's how they came up. That's how they get to the top. That's why they're called psychopaths, you see. It's like sharks are their ultimate survivors at your expense, of course. But um, that's that's another thing going. I say banks, you know, governments should not be in the business of doling out cash anyway. Neither should governments be in the business of, of, of being a banker to other countries using your tax money. I mean, it's, it's disgusting that the whole concept of what government is is constantly changing without the public being told that it's being changing. We just learn by osmosis, as Jack C. Long says. We don't think it through. We don't think it through at all. It's nothing like what you think it is, nothing at all. The psychopaths gravitate into it because they smell, they smell the cash they're going to make from all of you. Nothing about helping the country, running the country. It's about ruining the country. You see? You don't care. Now, the modified food's a big thing, too, because we know we're being modified with the food we eat, of course. If you want to re-engineer humans, you simply re-engineer what they're eating. And they found that, too. They found maybe often in the third generation of even rats and mice and other mammals have tested their foods on. They have all these genetic defects. In general, they're sterile by the third generation. Uh, but, there, but this is a mandate to bring down population and to have you die off early. They don't want to pay pensioners anymore. They'd prefer you die on the dot the t- when you turn 65. What, what time is it, Jock? Well, it's just turned, you know, down you go. You know, they'd love that. Then there's no pension to take out. And mind you, they'll make you pay pension money all along. Then the government can grab it. It's much more efficient that way. They know they've got better ways of spending it than you spending it on yourself. So the modified droplet is coming to place near you, and it's launching it first in the UK supermarkets as a testing ground before they're inevitably introduced into the United States, Canada, and Australia. And they won't tell you, of course, what they've put in it. There's always foreign genes of all kinds of weird stuff that they put into it. That was never there in nature, of course. And they tell you how healthy it is. It's, oh, it's going to help reduce bowel cancer, they tell you, which is absolute lies because it'll cause all kinds of other cancers. And or maybe they'll mean they'll die off a different cancer before you'll get bowel cancer if you eat this stuff. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a big article on this I'll put it up for you and how they're rolling ahead. There's going to be nothing eventually that you can find to eat that's natural unless you follow some chimpanzee somewhere, maybe in some far off land. Otherwise, you've had it, folks, uh, because um, it's about greed and profit and killing you off. And I really mean that. I really do believe it's all part of the depopulation agenda because cancer 
when I was small, was uh, pretty well standardized into about four categories, five categories. Some countries had no cancers at all of certain types, other kinds would. I mean, Japan at one time had more stomach cancer. Scotland had pretty, you didn't know what bowel cancer was at the time because they weren't eating any modified food at that time. And everything's utterly changed in my lifetime with the processed foods and it really sped up because of all the GM food that came down the pike. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix and just talking about how the food's all been modified and cancer is just going through the roof. And there's no big worry about it at the top. They don't do any investigations as to, into why, because they know why. That's why they don't do it. Believe you me, uh, if, they, if something happened to the human population that was outside of something they were doing, they'd be in there like a shot to find out what was going on. But no, yeah, cancer is skyrocketing. Uh, infertility is skyrocketing. Uh-huh, yawn. It's all done on purpose, folks, because that is the big agenda. Lots of world meetings held every year about depopulation, and there's too many people. Then you had Rockefeller come out with the Lucky Gene Club and others talking about the need now for rapid depopulation. Instead of just preventative uh, measures and abortions worldwide that we all fund by our tax money, uh, no, they want rapid depopulation. So I'll let you figure that one out for yourselves. Now, we also have, get attacks from so many different directions. Most folk, of course, are oblivious to the, to the, the, the various uh, electronic uh, warfare techniques that have been going on for an awful long time. And the HARP projects, the H-A-A-R-P projects, have been going on for a long time too. Uh, from the 70s, at least, that we know of, starting off with Russia and other countries kicking in with their own projects. And... Uh, I think Canada was the first, one of the first countries to publish the fact that the woodpecker signals, as they called it at the time, was blocking out ham radio signals. And these, these were modulation frequencies that were literally uh, designed to tap your brain. It came along the same pulse waves as your brain, basically. And uh, there were forms of controlling or depressing you or confusing you or whatever. And now all the, and all the countries jumped onto it and they created the big one in Alaska. They've got other ones in Australia, still owned by the U.S. though, and uh, ones across the world. And I think at Stanford University, there's a whole bunch of the people, uh, organizations working within the university across the country for points on, on the HARP project. Now, there's an article here, it goes back to 2006, and ties in with quite a lot of stuff that's happening today. Dr. Paul A. Bern, Bernhardt is called a senior research physicist in the Plasma Physics Division at Naval Research Laboratory, has been elevated as fellow of the Institute for Electrical and Electronics Engineers. And then he goes on about to receive his BS degree, which is, you know, that BS is BS, isn't it? And electrical engineering from the University of California, Santa Barbara in 1971, master's degree, blah, 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 blah. And then he joined the NRL in 1987 as a research physicist in the plasma physics division, promoted to his current position as senior uh, research physicist in 1990. 
His research interests have been primarily in the areas of ionospheric modification with his high-power radio waves and chemical releases. Okay, the folk who thought that, oh no, the spraying, all the spraying's all, all pie in the sky. These are, these are, these are just condensation trails. And, and all the rest who've been watching the sky for years, their whole life says, these aren't condensation trails, they're not disappearing. So here it goes, ionospheric modification with high-power radio waves, that's your heart project, and chemical releases and satellite-based radio beacon sensing of space plasmas. Dr. Bernhardt used the high-power HF facility near uh, Ares Kipo, it says Puerto Rico, and Nizhny Novgorod, uh, Russia, from 1985 to 99, to, re- to record the first CCD images of artificial aurora, Artificial aurora. This is chemical made with harp, folks. Artificial aurora at mid-latitudes. These images illuminated natural and artificial irregularities in the ionosphere. He served on the, the Arecibo Users and Science Advisory Council from 92 to 94. Dr. Bernard is currently sponsored for ionospheric modification research by the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program in Alaska. Dr. Bernhard has pioneered the use of chemical releases to study the ionosphere. His ionospheric modification experiments have been monitored with incoherent scatter as radar, radar ISR systems around the world and with in-situ plasma probes provided by NRL's Plasma Physics Division. In 1992, NRL ionospheric-focused heating experiment combined chemical release and high-power radio wave technology to produce the highest level of plasma turbulence ever measured with the Arecibo ISR. Dr. Bernard's conducted over eight experiments from 85 to the present using the Space Shuttle Orbital Maneuver Subsystem, OMS, engines to modify the ionosphere with high-speed exhaust injections into the upper atmosphere. The results of these dedicated engine bursts have been recorded using the VHF and UHF radars at Arecibo, Puerto Rico, uh, Kwajalein, Marshall Islands, uh, Millstone Hill, Massachusetts, and Sajika Marca, uh, Peru. Currently, Der, Der Bernhardt is a principal investigator for the changed aerosol, for the charged aerosol release experiment program. The care, it's called care folk to take care of you. Charged aerosol release experiment program designed to study the scattering of radar from electrons in the vicinity of charged particles that form artificial dusty plasmas. What do you think artificial dusty plasmas means, folks? Hmm? Anyway, it goes on and on and on about computerized ionospheric tomography, etc., etc., etc. So it's interesting. It was around that time uh, that this came out too. Remember that as well. Uh, U.S. Navy to conduct massive atmospheric experimental tests. And that was from News with Views, 2009. In an article in Spacecom, NASA rocket to create clouds Tuesday by Clara Motzkowitz, the staff writer, September 14, 2009, was unexpectedly forwarded to me today. It says, according to the article, a rocket experiment set to launch Tuesday aims to create artificial clouds at the outermost layer of Earth's atmosphere. Remember those luminescent clouds? Oh, it's a brand new phenomenon. And then they brought in all the experts to, they had the PR, the, you know, the damage control guys. Oh, well, don't worry about them. They've always been there. You just haven't noticed them before. Rubbish, you know. These things were glowing. This is, these are the, this is this project here. This last guy was involved in. The project called the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, CARE, once again, same one. 
This is really essentially at the boundary of space, said Wayne Scales, scientist at Virginia Tech, who will study the physics of the artificial dust cloud as it's released. Care is slated to launch Tuesday between 7.30 and 7.57 p.m. Uh, from NASA's Wallops Flight Facility in Virginia. Now, they'd already done it before that year. They'd been, they'd been doing it as far back, oh, well, they'd been doing it for, well, since 1998, pretty well, continuously. Anyway, K will release its aluminum oxide dust particles. This is an official announcement. Aluminum oxide dust particles a bit higher than that, then let them settle back down to a lower altitude. What the K experiment hopes to do is create an artificial dust layer. Professor Scales told Space.com. Hopefully it's a creation in a controlled sense, which will allow scientists to study different aspects of it, the turbulence generated on the inside, the distribution of dust particles, and such care is a project, it says, uh, of the Naval Research Laboratory and the Department of Defense Space Test Program. The spacecraft will launch aboard a NASA four-stage Black Brandt uh, 12 uh, suborbital uh, uh, sounding rocket Researchers will track the care dust cloud for days or even months to study its behavior and development over time. If care cannot launch Tuesday, blah, 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 they'll try again, and so on, so on. Anyway, it says here, they made a decision to conduct one or more or or an atmospheric test in order to create an aluminum oxide dust cloud without without the permission and, for the most part, the knowledge of the citizens of the United States. I'd say the planet, for that matter. Uh, these aluminum oxide particles will eventually return to Earth, polluting air, water, and soils. Interestingly, Monsanto came up with that aluminum-resistant plant, eh? All of a sudden. Why was it? What was the need for that all of a sudden, after all these years of getting dosed with this stuff? The test may damage the various atmospheric boundaries that protect life on Earth. No one has any idea what damage this dust cloud and the testing on the dust cloud may do to our agriculture, climate, human health, or the amount of infrared and UV radiation reaching the Earth. So anyway, and uh, they're already using this, and they've been using it ever since. I'll put this link up tonight as well. And then this article came out to uh, a few, a few, I said 2008 on this one. Strange clouds spotted at the edge of space. You know, strange clouds. A weirdly wonderful sight appeared to astronauts aboard the International Space Station this summer. Thin blue clouds hovering in the boundary between Earth's atmosphere and the void. Exactly where they were going to place all this stuff. The noctilucent or night-shining clouds are at an altitude of 47 to 53 miles, where meteors and bright auroral lights are not uncommon, and the atmosphere gives way to the blackness of space. The clouds remain a scientifically baffling phenomenon for more than 120 years after their discovery. <laughs> It's lovely, says Gary Thomas, an atmospheric scientist at the University of Colorado, after looking at a photo taken from the space station, and it shows just how these clouds really are at the very edge of space. Eh? That's how they put BS over to the public. That's why they have BS after their names, you know, these guys. Yeah, No kidding. That's how they do it to us, isn't it? They give us some rubbish like this. And people say, oh, isn't that amazing? Noctilucent clouds. And then you got, you got a TV special on it too. Ooh, ooh. And it's all fun, fun, fun. But, but it's all to hide something that's very devious and pretty nasty to you and your, and your system. It really is disgusting what's going on. Disgusting. And people are protesting the, the visible things you see, like corruption, but they have no idea what's been done to them through inoculations or food. Or even the stuff they add to their water. Or what they're made to eat. Because they can't get anything else. Another article I've got tonight too is a flu vaccine pushed despite the nerve disease link. 
the H1N1 virus scourge is in full force and so is the push. Whereas it emphasized most government medical communities, a strong link between the vaccine and a rare debilitating nerve disease, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and death link is well known, but that doesn't keep doctors from administering them, even though 50% of doctors are refusing them. The HFA is reported as dead link two years ago, as well as with other vaccines such as uh, this is Menactra, which is pushed for babies. So I'll put this link up as well. You understand, they know what's going to happen when they give you this kind of stuff because they've tested it all in the animals for years. They know what they're doing. And um, it's almost like all the, the, the companies that are in it are, they're guaranteed money, these big vaccine companies, because now government's going to promise them they'll keep buying so many millions of doses every year. What a business to be in. And now they're using fetal tissue and telling you it's good for you to grow the disease on. And the disease, these viruses aren't a normal virus. They're synthetically modified. They're synthetic viruses, like they do in warfare, you know. And that's why years later you can do an autopsy and you'll find these viruses still in their body and tell what lab it came from. Ah, dear. If only the people understood what was really done to them. Eh? And across the U.S. to join Canada and the rest of the world into austerity with, with energy and electricity. For the 14 million Americans without jobs, things are about to get a bit worse for their pocketbooks. The, the experts <laughs> predict that electric bills across the country are about to see a serious surge. As utility companies across America are being forced to make updates to their extensive equipment in order to meet the standards set forth by governmental regulators. That's because international laws, you know, Kyoto and all the rest of it, and carbon, rubbish, and all that stuff. Energy providers across the country are asking for hundreds of millions of dollars in brand new charges to be added to customers from coast to coast to cover the cost. These findings come following a report from the Daily Beast in which the new outlet examined an extensive collection of regulatory filings. Now, it's already happening in Canada. We're getting increases every year for five years to, to so that they can upgrade. A private company can upgrade its stuff by charging us for money that their investors should be paying for. We're doing it instead. That's the other way to see it too, because that's really what it is. But we've all to come down to austerity and energy is going to be scarce, very expensive. But you'll learn to, to live with it because your NGOs already set up in your area. will come round there and there'll be little commissars who'll tell you how to live and how to make do with recycled soup and stuff like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know. That's really what's going to come down the pike. Now, talking about inoculations, uh, Novartis is one of the biggies, and they're getting all this cash thrown at them by the, the governments. Novartis Innovative $1 billion flu vaccine facility in Holly Springs, it's a brand new one, right, was a logical centerpiece for the FDA Commissioner Margaret Hamburg's visit Thursday to the Triangle. They're using new science to make better vaccines quicker, said Sam Taylor, president of the NC Biosciences, Oxidization Organization, the industry trade group that invited Hamburg to visit the area. The 430,000 square foot plant, eh, which opened in November 2009, that was after, you see, the U.S. government guaranteed 10 years of buying their stuff. 10 years, millions of doses. What can, where else can you get a business, eh? And be guaranteed success. Everyone else, everyone else takes chances. They get cash from you to build their facilities. And then they get contracts made with government that they'll buy billions of doses every year off you. What a deal, eh? Oh, this free enterprise stuff. <laughs> but anyway, it says... um 
says currently employs foreign workers expected to be engaged in full-time commercial production of seasonal flu vaccine in 2013. The first U.S. vaccine plant to propagate the virus used to make the vaccine in a special growth medium called a cell culture. That's, that's your, your fetal. By the way, if you look at the vials, you'll see them there. And it's also the cancer ones as well. They use the cancer ones because they grow much faster. And they'll be using the same cancer ones for the heli uh, cancer uh, for, for, for since about the 60s, I think, for making these things. It grows very quickly, and love to grow on that. Makes about a few fetal cells as well. And uh, then they mush it into, through a blender and stick it in you. You know, this is, this is no kidding. This is how they make this rubbish, this, 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 this voodoo science that they've never released all their studies on, except this, it doesn't really work. Oh, it'll work to make you ill and sick and make them kill you, but it doesn't work to do what it's supposed to do. But anyway, it says, so they're using a, a cell culture rather than traditional poultry eggs. That virus is then disabled, so to, so to speak. That's very technical. So that it can't cause illness and this vaccine ready. What causes illness, all right? It causes, so does all the adjuvants put in it too. Although the plant isn't yet licensed by the FDA, Novartis expects by the end of this year to be ready to swing into action if an influenza pandemic strikes. Oh, God. With emergency use authorization from the FDA, it could churn out 150 million doses of vaccine within six months. Guaranteed sales. What a business. Because the government's mandating it, eh? They're going they, to they buy it all from them. Did they ask you about using your tax? Oh, no. But they never do, do they? Never do. And talking about, it's interesting to see Wall Street getting, you know, harangued. Uh, by all kinds of groups now, all, but, but so many demands from a thousand different organizations that have been around for so long. Uh, and I see a lot of followers too who are genuine because it is corrupt. It's, everyone's corrupt in this system. We're trained not to see corruption, you understand, from birth. Remember Jack, Jack's Law said every police program you see on television, every lawyer program like dramas and, that you see in the movies or on television, cops, uh, hospital care doctors, Everything is propaganda, and you don't realize that. It's all propaganda. The reality is Assistant Commissioner of the NYC Department of Housing Preservation and Development indicted for racketeering, bribery, and extortion. Six others, including Manhattan attorneys and NYC wide real estate developers, also charged. And this, is, this is a typical story. This is a reality. This is reality. Bribery, extortion, wire fraud, money laundering, corruption schemes. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about corruption, which is the norm in government, and it's always been the norm in government, and uh, once in a while they throw a bone to the public just to try and make you think they're cleaning up the act and all the rest of it when it gets so blatant. But it, again, it's all to do with tax money, whether it's local, or federal, or whatever, state, 
uh, in Canada, it's provincial, the same thing. The, the massive contracts are put out by local governments uh, every year, massive contracts and the federal government, uh, and the kickbacks that they get for receiving contracts, you kick back the, to the guy who, who assigned them to you. It's just astonishing. This is how the game really works in, in high, you know, private societies, we'll say, you know, private societies or societies with secrets. No wonder they keep it secret. But anyway... This is to do with New York and how uh, they've come down with a bone for the public to find a few guys, no doubt. Racketing, conspiracy, bribery, extortion, wire fraud, money laundering, connection with corporate corruption schemes that netted defence between $1 and $2 million kickbacks and bribes over a decade and cost especially the Housing Preservation and Development uh, Organization. Um, it cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars in overpayments to developers on these HPD projects in Brooklyn, Queens and Bronx. Uh, now, they do this everywhere. We've had the same thing happen in Canada and elsewhere. This is standard procedure because it's massive money. You can imagine when you're getting a contract and what you'll do too is maybe offer a bribe first to make sure it goes your way or give the right sign to the guy, you know, and it's all done. It's all arranged in advance before they make it public. You know, Wendell Walters, HPD's Assistant Commission for New Construction, Real Estate Developer Stephen Dunn, Lee Heimowitz, Esquire, Michael Freeman, etc., Sergio Benitez, Robert Morales, Angel Villalona, will be arraigned this afternoon, 26 count indictment for the U.S. magistrate. And the case was announced by Luther Lynch, U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. But generally to do with housing, you'll notice even Obama, the only job that he seemed to have had was to, to funnel cash into special housing units in Chicago, and that's how he knew Emmanuel and all the rest of them. And uh, I guess he played the game there, and that's why he got the leg up. But anyway, uh, this is pretty standard procedure to do where there's big, big money, and these guys become their own oversight. Uh, then they do whatever, whatever they want. And, and you, really, you have to clean them all out and start from scratch. If you leave one or two of them in there, they know the game and start it all over again to see if you'll come in on, uh, on it with them. And that's how things work. Politics works exactly the same way. If you come in as a new politician, uh, and you really are genuine, as a kind of miracle happens as a genuine guy for a politician, uh, if you don't join the club and help yourself to all the little freebies that are there and the quiet things you can do, uh, and they'll guide you how to do it, then they'll set you up and get rid of you one way or another. And it's actually been books put out by Canadian guys. Uh, one of them went to Queen's Park for Ontario government, and he wrote a book about it years ago, and he said he wouldn't fall for the bribes and get in the hand in the cookie jar of the taxpayer and all the little things he did. And he said he says he knew they were trying to set him up when he realized he would not join them. If you won't join them, you're a threat to them, you understand, because you know what's going on then. So they have to get either set you up, uh, and they're very good at setting you up, believe you me, you'll never see it coming. And you're, then you're defamed and you're kicked out. Luckily, he got out before they managed to set him up. But this is standard procedure because psychopaths, as I say, uh, find that government and where the big money is, is a magnet to them. They cannot resist it. Uh, they're, they're the top of the sharks of the human variety and they're ultimate survivors at anybody and everybody else's expense. That's the real world, folks. And if you want to have decent people uh, working with you, I don't say ruling you, it's working with you, then you, sh- you should basically have them all tested for psychopathy. It must be mandatory. And what clubs you, you belong to, too. From Hamish myself on Tier Canada, remember, donate, buy the books, etc., to keep me going. It's good night, me, your God or your God's school with you.